Bring to you grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Text I'm focusing on today is the Old Testament reading from 2 Kings chapter 3, where we read at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Not a bad offer, isn't it? As far as offers. Go, imagine having the almighty God who has infinite resources at his disposal and the power to grant any wish, telling you to come up with something that you'd like him to fulfill. As I saw that again, I couldn't help but think of a natural question to ask is, what would you ask for? And you might need a little bit of time to think that through. You wouldn't want to you rush um, your request to God on this one because there's infinite possibilities to choose from. You wouldn't want to waste the opportunity, would you? You've got one wish to spend, so use it wisely. Now, most of you will be familiar with the whole genie in a bottle, genie in a lamp genre of jokes, most of which are inappropriate to be told here this morning. Now, usually the genie offers how many wishes? Three. That's right. Either to the recipient or recipient. So if there's more than one recipient, usually they're divvied up between them. And the extra wishes, it kind of gives you a bit of breathing space just in case you happen to butcher one of your wishes. You've still got another two up your sleeves. But the punchline of many of these jokes usually revolves around the, the third wish cancelling out the benefits of the previous two. The classic example, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, is where three friends are marooned on the desert island. They've been there for some time and they're getting desperate and they come across the proverbial genie in a bottle who gives them one wish each. The first two, well, they naturally wish that they want to be out of there, back in some other exotic location. The third one's now on his own, he's lonely, and so he wishes that his two friends were back with him. So some of you obviously haven't heard that one. Reminds us of the old adage, be careful what you wish for, because there can be unintended consequences to a given wish being fulfilled. For example, the provision of great wealth might seem okay at the time, but it could actually ruin your relationship with God and with other people. The gift of health and long life might sound also very appealing, but it might lead to a time of of deep sadness when family and friends start to die and you continue to linger. Receiving the affection of the man or woman of your dreams might not turn out to be the heavenly match that you anticipated if you had allowed things to take their course, and so on it goes. So be careful what you wish for. So with that in mind, what would you ask for? And chances are, many of you will probably want to keep that to yourself. The desires of our hearts is intimately personal. And what we wish for might possibly bring to light a little more about our character than we would care to reveal. So we come to King Solomon. And we hear that this offer is presented to him by God, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And we have to think of it in terms of perspective, okay? So the perspective of a three-year-old girl who's sitting on Santa's knee with her Christmas wish list is one thing. Now, I don't want to to minimise 
the desires of this little girl in any way and the happiness of her, but the stakes are not especially high when it comes to whether her wish list is fulfilled or not. They are high for her personally, but not broader than that necessarily. Maybe the household if they're not fulfilled. But when it comes to the perspective of the offer made to Solomon, the stakes are huge. You see, Solomon's only just been handed the kingdom of his father David, who's ruled for 40 years before him. Best estimates suggest that Solomon was in his early 20s at the start of his reign, even though we heard in the reading him saying, I am only a young child, but its best estimates suggest early 20s. Israel and Judah had become united under David and the land was enjoying rest from its enemies for the first time. A new era of prosperity and peace beckoned. Solomon, though, had big shoes to fill. And the reminder of God's pledge to David was ringing in his ears. You can hear it in the chapter before our reading where God said, If your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. Yeah, no pressure. So under the circumstances, this offer from God was literally a godsend for Solomon. It was an incredible opportunity and he wouldn't want to waste it. Now, there are plenty of options of what he could have done and some of which are mentioned in our reading this morning. He could have wished for long life. That's relevant for any new sovereign, but it's especially relevant in Solomon's context. You see, he hadn't been first in line for David's throne. Three half-brothers had precedence before him, Amnon, Absalom, and Adonijah. Amnon had just been murdered before by Absalom, strike one. Absalom had died in a failed coup against his father, strike two, and Adonijah had just been killed for trying to usurp Solomon, three strikes, you're out. So a wish for long life would have been particularly appealing in those circumstances, I would have thought. Or he could have wished for wealth. It's a pretty popular choice, isn't it? Great default option if you're not sure what to wish for, a few billion ought to cover it. Money can purchase many of your heart's desires. It can also achieve a lot of good. So many people will go for this option, not for selfish motives, heaven forbid, but because of how much you could help other people with it once the Lamborghini's been run in a little, of course. Wealth in the hands of a king, though, would be very useful in securing allies and in building a kingdom. Or he could have asked for the death of his enemies. Now, this wish, I imagine, is not so relevant to us on a personal level. You you might have people that you don't like. doesn't mean you wish them dead. (laughs) At least not so much that you'd use your wish on it. But this wish is appealing to the leader of a nation who wants to ensure the borders and the security of the borders of his nation, especially when you consider where this nation is. It's right in the heart of the Middle East. But Solomon does not wish for the death of his enemies, doesn't wish for for wealth, he doesn't wish 
for long life. So what does he wish for? What request does he make of God? Anything? Wisdom. Wisdom. That's certainly the heading in my Bible. Solomon asks for wisdom. It's the attribute most commonly attributed to him. Some 3,000 years later, people still talk about the wisdom of Solomon. But is that what Solomon actually asked for in our reading? Listen again. Solomon answered, Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. Now, a discerning heart is perhaps one definition of wisdom, but the word for wisdom is not actually used here. There is, however, an alternative account of this incident that's recorded in Second Chronicles, and in that account, Solomon does request wisdom specifically. He says, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? Now, there's a difference between these accounts, isn't there? Um, but it doesn't threaten the integrity of Scripture, in case you're worried about that, because these two different things are not actually at odds with each other. I imagine that the full request of Solomon was probably a combination of the two. So he asks for wisdom and knowledge, and that means he wants a discerning heart that is able to distinguish between right and wrong so that he can effectively govern God's people entrusted to his care. And do you think he made a good choice? Do you think he made the most of his opportunity, his wish? Well, actually, your, your opinion isn't really required in this instance anyway, so sorry about that, because it's what God thinks that really matters in this instance. In our reading, we heard that the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So pleased was God, in fact, that he promised to give Solomon the wisdom and discernment he asked for, and he decided to throw in riches and honour and long life and a set of steak knives into the bargain as well. I added the steak knives. I don't think, though that the offer presented by God was a blank check. Would God have given Solomon anything he asked for? He says, ask for whatever you want me to give you, but he doesn't promise to give everything that's asked for. So I think this was something like a test for Solomon. And we can see that Solomon passed the test. I wonder whether we would have passed the test. On Friday at youth, I gave a group of 15 teenage boys the opportunity to write down one wish and put it in a wishing well anonymously. The answers were enlightening. <laughs> a sample. I want three more wishes. The young lad who chose this one was so pleased with his efforts that he chose to no longer be anonymous and said, that was mine. Um, <laughs> another one said, I want to grow nine feet tall. 
So a prospective basketballer, I imagine. Not sure about this next one. I want to be able to fight like Wolverine. <laughs> and then the last one I'm going to share with you, I want an unlimited credit card that you don't have to pay back. <laughs> yeah, well, we all want that. Now, we had a bit of a laugh about these choices and the others that they came up with, but after they'd made their wish, I gave them another slip of paper before we even shared these results. This one asked them to write down what they thought God wanted them to wish for. Fascinating turnaround. As you might imagine, the answers this time were completely different. The top answers given, and multiple of the boy, num multiple number of the boys chose this one. Top answer given was, God would want me to ask for forgiveness. Number of them said, God would want me to ask for faith. Another one said, for a fulfilling life with Christ. Still another, to love and obey him. That also got multiple answers. And then another one, for wisdom. On the basis of that, I imagine that if any of these young men were faced with an offer like the one given to Solomon, I'm pretty confident that they're going to answer wisely. I reckon they'd pass the test. But is that offer still on the table? Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Is that offer extended to you and to me? Or was it a once only? Well, I personally believe the offer's still on the table. And I believe that God's making that offer to each of us here this morning. And I reckon that it is intended to be something of a test. But it's not a test that's trying to trick us into wasting the opportunity. God wants us to put this question in perspective to consider what's at stake when it comes to our answer. Because we don't approach this question like a child sitting on Santa's knee with their wish list. We approach it like Solomon, as royalty with a huge task before us. Are you royalty? You better believe you are. In First Peter, we hear that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. We had our Romans 8 reading today. Earlier in that chapter, Paul tells us that we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Who is Christ except the King of kings and Lord of lords, which makes us royalty with him? So there's a lot at stake. As we carry out the work of God's kingdom, there's a huge responsibility that comes from being God's children, from being ambassadors of Christ, from being those who bear the gospel to our world, to our marriages and families and community. We kind of need a little help with this task, don't you think? Just like Solomon needed help with the task before him, and we get that help. For God says to us, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And there are infinite possibilities to choose from, but I reckon we might want to stick to the answer that Solomon gave, knowing that the Lord was pleased with it. Give your servant a discerning heart. 
give me wisdom. I used to think that wisdom was being smarter than others around you. That's one of the reasons why I wanted it as a teenager and why I asked God intensely for it. Well, I got more than what I bargained for, but that's another story. A discerning heart is a good definition of wisdom, but it literally means a heart that hears, a heart that listens. Wisdom is not the immediate bestowal of incredible insight in an instant. It's, it's not knowing more than others. It's not thinking you've got better answers than others. Wisdom is the ability to open your ears and listen. First and foremost, it's listening to God, hearing God. But it's also listening to others, hearing others. I wonder how many of the issues that we face could be resolved if only we listened more to God and to each other. And that takes time, doesn't it, to listen I wonder whether that's why God threw long life into the bargain with Solomon so that he had the time to listen to God and to others. We've got lots of issues to face in life, decisions that need to be made, differences that need to be resolved, directions that need to be set and hurdles that need to be overcome. May we listen to what God is saying to us and listen to those around us. In doing so, we might just get more than we bargained for and more than we could ever hope for. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.